Fret not yourselves because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Well, pretend for a moment that I have the ability to grant you three wishes this year. What would your heart wish for? Would it be a large sum of money? Would it be for a restored relationship? Or perhaps you'd like fame? Maybe you would like perfect health this year. Your answer to that question gives us a glimpse into the affections of your heart. Unfortunately, I don't have the power to grant your three wishes this year, but the Bible tells us that God does. Look closely at verse uh, 4 here from Psalm uh, 37. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. It promises that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He will give us our desires, the desires of our heart, or the longing or the love of our heart. The definition for desire is a strong feeling of wanting or having something or wishing for something to happen. God wants to grant the desires of your heart. God wants to grant the wishes of your heart. Does that surprise you? It kind of does me. One of the main problems, though, about the desires of our hearts as reflected in our wish list is that our wishes don't go far enough. We stop well short of how we should be wishing. I want to talk to you today about the four most prominent desires that we have as human beings as reflected here in Psalm 37 and how sin is settling for the counterfeit of those desires. And those four desires are right in your bulletin. You can follow right along as we go through them this morning here. First, one of the main desires of our hearts, or the wishes of our hearts, are for loving relationships. In verse 1, David says, Fret not yourselves because of evildoers. But that's easier said than done, because one of the most basic desires of every human being from the time they are born is to be loved by others. We don't want to be harmed. We don't want to be betrayed. We come out of the womb longing for human connection, first with our mothers, then for our extended families, and then finally for those in the world around us. But problems soon arise because we are dealing with fallen human beings, many of whom are labeled here as evildoers. What happens to a child whose mother is drug addicted? When that child comes into the world, the very first desire of their heart is thwarted. That mother does not provide the basic interrelational needs that the baby has, and so a wound occurs. Or what if the father of the child is an alcoholic? or absent from the family. What dad should have provided is lacking and then causes additional problems. We then expand to the world around us, and one of the first lessons we learn is that people can be cruel, especially our peers in school. We desire friendship, but instead of open acceptance, we find a kind of pecking order 
where the weak are singled out for ridicule. Having had our first desire not met, we are now faced with a choice. We can seek answers from God about the pain in our lives, or we can sin by running to the counterfeit. The counterfeit for this can come in many forms. Examples might include things like isolation. We believe that no one will be able to ever give us the desires of our hearts, and so we shun society. Or we may seek to control others in our lives by abusing them, extracting from them the thing that we need so much. The pain we have experienced is afflicted on others as an outlet. We may turn to sexual addictions as we replace our real emotional need with a shallow physical connection. But whatever the path we choose, the remedy is still the same. As David says here in verse 3, that part of our heart's love for the Lord is to trust in Him. Trust in the Lord, he says. But isn't that the big issue with people? Trusting in them? We can't trust people. Even the most faithful men and women will let us down. Jesus did not trust people. We see in John 2.24 it says, But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. Now that doesn't mean we walk around suspicious of everyone, never putting our trust in anybody. It just means that God is the only one that we can fully trust. Listen to David's words about how God lovingly relates to you. Psalm 103.8 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. In Zephaniah 3.17 it declares, God will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. As we were rejoicing in the Lord this morning singing, he's also rejoicing over you. He has a special love song for you. But if we love the counterfeit more than we love the Lord, it will begin to show up in our relationships as we turn to the counterfeit to deal with the pain. Or we can choose to delight ourselves in the love of the Lord. One of the second greatest desires or wishes of somebody's heart is the recognition of accomplishment. If you've ever watched toddlers play, it doesn't take long to realize that their desire to build is innate in them. Toy soldiers guard castles made of Legos. Erector sets coexist alongside of Lincoln log houses. Bunk beds are draped with blankets that are transformed into fortresses. And as we grow bigger, our projects get bigger. Homes are built and lands acquired. Businesses flourish or fail as we try to make our mark in the world. And in the process, families fight for a share of the kingdom. When I was in first grade, my mom remarried. She married a man from Wisconsin. And we moved to the area that my stepdad grew up in. He was the 12th of 13 children. And his father, Emil, was the patriarch of the family. And Grandpa Emil would sit in his house in his big wooden uh, rocking chair there, 
And all day long, his sons and daughters and grandchildren would come to curry favor with him. The way the family fought, scratched, and clawed over this kingdom, you'd have thought it was one of the largest dairy operations in the Midwest, when in reality, he owned about 360 acres that were strewn with dilapidated buildings and littered with rusting farm implements. He had built his kingdom, but God was completely vacant from his family. Now, there's nothing wrong with accomplishing things or owning lands and building houses and such, but we sin when we think that this is the end of it all. Listen to Jesus' words in Matthew 6, 6, 19 through 20. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. When we focus on our earthly kingdoms and crave recognition from men, we end up way short of what our desire should be. Our desire should be recognition from God. Recognizing the things that we've done for Him. How many of you has, uh, as an adult have visited one of the houses that you grew up in? It's kind of a shock, wasn't it? This house that you thought was so big. <laughs> this was your entire world, and now you go in and you look around like, wow, it's so small. <laughs> and you notice things like cracks in the plaster and you know casements that are falling off and door hinges that are sagging in that. And so... This is the way it's going to be for us when we go to our heavenly kingdom. No matter how great your kingdom was here in this world, it's going to seem like that little house that you grew up in. That was my entire world. That was what I was so excited about. It will look minuscule according, uh, in comparison with the eternal kingdom. Only that for which is done for the Lord will last. So don't sell yourself short by focusing on all that you've acquired in this world. Instead, David here says in verse 4, to delight yourself in the Lord. In the original context, that meant to see something as valuable and beautiful. David had a great for the love for the Lord. Someone who, by the way, owned a lot of stuff. He was the king of Israel. But he had such a great love for the eternal courts of the Lord. He said in Psalm 84.10, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. He wasn't in love with this life or the accumulation of power and wealth. His delight was in his future unseen promise. All of this will rust and rot. And if our affections are connected to the temporal, we're going to be greatly disappointed. And so treasure up for your heart those things that are eternal, those things in the Lord. The next thing that we de desire for, one of the delights of our hearts, are passionate experiences. No one that I've ever talked to as a child said, you know, I really hope that I lead a boring life. <laughs> I hope nothing exciting ever happens to me. 
In fact, one of the biggest complaints that I have from children, whether they're my own or from other kids, is I'm bored, right? I want to have fun. They want to be engaged in exciting activities. They want to explore new places and meet fascinating people. They want to have a zeal and a love for life. But the devil wants to take that God-given desire for passion in our lives, and he wants to twist it. He begins to whisper in our ears, don't you deserve some excitement? (laughs) Aren't you sick of the same old boring things like going to work, taking care of your family, and being a responsible adult? That's the same lie that he told Adam and Eve, tempting us to that forbidden fruit. All those things that God has determined to be off-limits suddenly become the most tantalizing to us. But we must realize that God is not out to spoil our fun and subject us to a life of drudgery and boredom. In fact, he longs to give you the most passionate and healthy existence of all. A life lived out as a son or daughter of the King of Kings. There is no doubt that the food industry has done a pretty bang-up job of making fake fake food seem more enjoyable than real food, right? Our grocery shelves are swamped with products that are mostly made of sugar and salt and corn syrup uh, byproducts. And so the food industry, they love these kinds of products because they're very cheap to make. But they're not the real thing. And it's a known fact that the devil cannot create anything himself. He has to take what God has already created and twist it and turn it into something else. Sex is a great example of this. God created sex to be beautiful and wonderful in the context of a loving marriage. But Satan has twisted it and repackaged it into something dirty. He lies by promoting sex outside of marriage by saying it's more passionate. But it's kind of like uh, cherry-flavored jelly beans, right? Kind of tastes like the real thing, but with all, without all the nutritional value attached to it. Not to mention that this jelly bean is laced with rat poison. Notice in verse 4 here, David encourages us to do good and to dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. And so don't spend your life chasing the devil's elusive carrot of a so-called passionate life. Rather, develop a deep love for the faithful life. Ask the Lord for passionate experiences in ministry and in worship. Jesus told us that when we ask the Father for something, he will not give us a stone or a scorpion. In other words, he won't give us something useless or harmful. He will give us the true delights of our hearts. The next thing we see here is a desire for freedom from fear. The saying goes, if you've got your health, you've got everything. And being sick isn't fun, as we can probably attest today with those who are dealing with COVID right now. But there are many people who don't have their health and are doing well. And many who have their health that are doing terribly. Is that me? No. 
Lord, we just pray for the sound system right now. We just pray that you would cast out those demons. <laughs> but there are many people that have their health and are miserable. We look at the life of the rich and famous. They have wealth and all of these things, but they're living miserable lives. Mainly what people are looking for is happiness and freedom from fear. Our Declaration of Independence even lists the pursuit of happiness as one of our inalienable rights before God. But this pursuit can also hinder us in our relationship with the Lord. This ha uh, happens when we delight ourselves in our own happiness instead of delighting ourselves in the joy of the Lord. For instance, I might gain more happiness if I spent my money on myself rather than gave money to the church in offerings. Or I might be happier if I didn't have to face ridicule from co-workers about being a Christian. And so I fear what people will say about me, or I fear not having enough money more than my love for the Lord. It's a lack of love issue. The focus of our love. And yet God has the capability of taking away our fears if we would only turn to him in times of trouble and uncertainty. Peter, a man who knew about fear, he said, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Fear comes from uncertainty. We don't know what the future holds regarding our health, or our finances, or our relationships. But we do know that the Lord has promised never to leave us never to forsake us. And so instead of allowing the devil to convince us about the danger and dread that awaits around every corner, we can say to him, yes, devil, life will throw challenges and difficulties my way, but my joy is not based on a perfectly stable and comfortable life, but rather on the promises of God Almighty. And so have you thought about your three wishes for this year? I spent some time online looking at different lists or threads of things that people would wish for. Some wanted world peace, an end to diseases like COVID. Others wanted the perfect body. <laughs> One woman wanted all children to join hands and sing in perfect harmony. <laughs> Why are visions of It's a Small World a ride at Disney kind of coming to mind here? But really, at the core of all those wishes in that blog, we see the four categories here that I talked about. Because we're not very different from one another. We all really want the same things. But we can look to the world and be disappointed time and time again, or we can trust in the one who has the power and desire to bring us great joy and happiness forever. Let's pray. Father God, help us to place our delight in you, Lord. Not in the counterfeit. Not in the shallow, the fake. Lord, help us to find our true love in you and the things that you have for us. So many delights. And so, Father God, encourage us, encourage our hearts in the midst of the trials that we face today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this sermon series from Elam. If you are encouraged today, would you consider supporting our online ministry through a financial contribution? 
personal checks can be made out to Elam Lutheran Church and sent to 11504 26th Street, Northeast, Lake Stevens, Washington, 98258. Or you can give online at elamlutheran.net. Thank you and may God bless you the rest of your day.